it's really not that difficult. I think um, you will understand soon and make it your own as well. So, um, just maybe as an introduction, that's from a different angle. I was at Encounter 3 this weekend. They launched the new updated version of Encounter 3, which is a shofar growth seminar that focuses on redeeming your past and anchoring your, in your, you in your identity um, and setting you up for what God has called you. So, you deal with the things of the past and you work through them and then God speaks to you and he leads you in out of that into his glory and uh, it was interesting for me because I was it was at a school in Wellington and I went to that high school and I was I was bullied and and tormented <laughs> on some of those sports fields right next to where we were worshiping um, and so I've dealt with those things many times but it was specifically vivid right there because it's like right I could like feel it on my shoulder these the, these fields um, and the cool testimony from that is I, I started stuttering then so badly because of what happened that I couldn't speak for eight years. Um, I could barely speak. I didn't do orals or anything at school. It was just a bit bad. Um, and then one day, miraculously, at university in about third year when I had to uh, do something, I asked God, I pleaded God, and then he healed me in an instant. And from, day, from that day, I've been preaching. So, um, yeah, that was really cool for me to just be reminded of that. Even some of the guys I didn't like much and that didn't like me much, they have been born again and they were at the church thing as well. So I had to forgive them again. Um, And what was also really cool while thinking about that, the fact that I can now speak, is the fact that I can also now, now sing because... At one stage, I always wanted to sing. Back in high school, we were in a band, and we wanted to make it big. And we were really good, apart from the vocalist that wasn't that great. That, that was actually our issue. So I always wanted to sing, but I really couldn't sing that well. And then at some stage, my voice got nodules on them anyway through university. So for someone that couldn't sing that well, I couldn't sing at all. And then one Sunday at church, long story short, a guy prayed for me. And that guy was worshiping right in front of me um, now at, at Encounter 3. And he prayed for me. And that night when I opened my mouth, I had a brand new voice. I had the voice I have now. Like, it wasn't only healed, it was new. So I can sing now because of that. So I was just so overwhelmed standing there, seeing that guy, seeing the sports fields, seeing what God has done. I can speak and sing. Hallelujah. So, um, during the weekend, also, um, Andre, who led it, encouraged us and actually said, Pastors, I want you guys to preach on the apostolic. I want you guys to take this to your church and preach about the apostolic at one stage. And I was, um, at, throughout the, uh, the sessions, I was working on my sermon for Sunday, because that's what pastors do um, when they've got time. And we've decided to preach on the apostolic mandate like two weeks prior to him asking us. So I was very excited when I heard that I am supposed to be preaching on this today. Father, I pray that you would speak through me and to us and that you would stir our hearts for your glory, for your kingdom.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know that Christianity is saying yes to and totally surrendering to God's divine plan? As opposed to asking God to make your life better. And the ones who seek God to make their life better, maybe don't understand that God really wants to make your life better. But the only way that it would be is if you would crucify it, sacrifice it, give it away completely, and follow the beautiful and brilliant plan that God has for life and your life within that. So the only way to life is to say yes to and totally surrender to His divine plan. Amen? Sometimes and very often, if you'd have to ask yourself a question like, why do I attend church or why do I attend small group? If you'd have to break into little groups now, you'd probably come up with a lot of reasons why it's good for you, right? Why it's good for you. And even though it is good for you, and there's, there's, there's many good reasons, I mean, it's so good for you, you shouldn't ever miss it. But that motivation is not enough. The other day I woke up, I just woke up and the first thought that came to mind is, I go to small group to advance the kingdom of God throughout the earth. That's why I go to small group. Not because it's good for me. But God is good for me. So what, what is the apostolic mandate? That was a little introduction. What is the apostolic mandate? Um, an apostle... The church have made much of words like that. That's sometimes, unfortunately, so. So then we don't like the word because everyone that's called an apostle is not really what we would have hoped it would be, especially the ones who really want to be called apostle. Um, but an apostle is one who is sent out by Christ. That's what it means. An apostle is one sent out. Are you sent out? Absolutely, go into all the world. One who is sent out, and obviously in a Christian context, by, by Christ. A mandate is an official order to do something. Are you sent out by Christ? Yes. Do you know what for? I think you do, if you'd have to think about it a bit. And it's, it is crafted and tailored for each one of us. But all of us are sent out by Christ. That's the life we live to carry out an, an official order. The apostolic is, is, is the drive, the kingdom drive to break ground, to establish, to advance the kingdom of God with the spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the apostolic is. We're all called to move in that. Some are more apostolic than others. Some only want to plant and establish and, uh, and pioneer. But we are all called to where we are, bring the kingdom of God in places that it isn't yet. Right? That's the apostolic. It's part of the fivefold ministry, but it's, it's, it's 100% um, included in the task that we all have and that each church has. 
Each church has the apostolic mandate and each member has a function within the apostolic mandate and the whole apostolic mandate should burn within our hearts. That which Christ has sent us out to do. Remember, we have given our lives to His glory and His kingdom not so that our lives can be a little bit better. Okay? Sometimes you say, we, are, we invite Jesus into my life. It can sometimes be the, the very unhelpful thing to say to get someone to God because then it means, oh, here's my life, God, make it better. But he's saying, leave it behind. Come and follow me. He even says, die. Thank you, Alice. I forgot that. <laughs> Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, what did he say, Alice? He says something like Christianity is God saying to man, uh, come and die. Something like that. Um, so the apostolic mandate is the official orders given to those sent out by Christ. Is it applicable to me? It's a, it's a question you must ask and you must answer. Is it applicable to you? Now, the first disciples were sent out by Christ with a mandate. We know that mandate. All right? All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. They, was, they were told, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. So if they did their work well and told the next guys everything Jesus taught them, would they have also told them what Jesus taught them about making disciples and teaching them everything to obey? That's the only way it would continue. So they were playing telefuinki. Do you know telefuinki? Fortunately, there's a script written, so whenever, we, whenever through discipleship we get it wrong, we can go back and see what it actually was. Okay? But through discipleship, that has been carried over, and we are probably somewhere within the 100 and 200th generation of disciples after them. And the mandate is exactly the same because we're called if discipleship is discipleship, and we were actually told, if they were told to do that, that order implies is of a psychical nature that can never end. Like Paul told Timothy, I raised, up, I raised you up, now you find faithful men who can teach others also. You know, he's concerned with four generations. That's, that's the mandate. So, is it applicable to you? Completely. What is God's big plan? There's a lot of us that want to ask, so why? Why? What is God up to? And we're quickly going to look at this. Ephesians 9, Ephesians 1, 9 to 10 says it the best. Making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. What is it? To unite all things in him. The ministry of reconciliation, things in heaven and things on earth. And there's only one way in which he could do that, and that's by giving his own life so he could build bridge between sinful man and the holy God. And he did that so that we can be reconciled to him. That is God's big plan. And it's so simple we can understand it. By sharing that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father, and for this reconciliation to happen. Now this is not only God's plan, 
and it's not only our mandate. So if God was only the boss and we were only the workers, this would have made sense. It's God's plan, our job, already given. Do it, right? Very simple. And that's right. But it's more than that. It's more than that. Because Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Romans eight seventeen, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, it is yours. It is, if you understand your, your identity in Christ correctly, you would know this big mandate is yours. And only when you pursue it with your whole heart and all you have, you would be walking in what you were called to walk in with your life. And you being a lawyer or a chartered accountant or whatever, if you would have sought God in it, not in what you want to do, but in what His plan is, you might have ended up doing a variety of things, but knowing exactly that is my ultimate aim. I'm a co-heir to this plan. I'm a co-heir to this kingdom. He wants to give His kingdom to us. Not only work in it. We're not slaves to work on the farm with sons that have inherited the farm. That's what that's who we are. Are you ready to receive that and say, God, I'm not gonna live this mediocre life that just wants to be okay, but I'm gonna just lay it down and say, Jesus, I wanna live for that eternal glory. I wanna live to see your plan come fruition because it's my plan as well. It's my great gift from you and then we're going to go to Acts 1 verse 8 where Jesus when he gave the command to say go into all the world he said but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth we cannot do this on our own when our hearts burn and we say, yes, God, we need to understand that what you should not do is run out the door and try your level best to make it happen. You should say, yes, God, I cannot do it. I'm going to wait in the upper room for your Holy Spirit. <laughs> you cannot do it without the Spirit of God. And with the Spirit of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a joy. With God. But we cannot do it on our own. How, it's, it's a wonderful thought that we don't have to do this on our own. I mean, how on earth would we be able to? Help me, God. That's the best way to pray. Say, God, I can't. And I'm sorry I didn't. Help me. Deliver me. And then you wait. And you see how he starts to change you on the inside so that all of a sudden you want to and you can. That's amazing. So without the Holy Spirit, we can't. But you also cannot use the Holy Spirit like lots of the church when you help. He's the helper. He's the helper. Help me. Help me make my life better. No! That's why you don't see the miracles. That's why you don't see the signs and wonders in your life. Because the Holy Spirit is not given for that. It's given in the context of Matthew 28. Go. It's not given in the context of 
I want help for my life. Your life is, Jesus said, deny yourself. Follow me. If you say yes to that, then you can say, then the Holy Spirit is given to the one who says yes to the manner of God on their lives. Then you'll see the power of God flow through you. That's what we want also. I mean, some of the greatest joys in life is that we see when we see God flowing through us and doing things that we never thought possible. Why don't I see the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through my life? Well, maybe just because you're maybe just doing your own thing. The Holy Spirit is not, He really loves you. But I mean, but that's not His job. Next thing there that's important, I'm almost done. You'll receive power and then you will what? This is how we execute the plan, right? And then when you receive the plan, you say yes to the plan. And you say, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me. I, I, I can't do this on my own. And then you say, what, what, what do I now do? You go and be witnesses. Now, to be a witnesses, you should have seen what Jesus has done. We share the historical truth of what he has done, Yes. But a witness is someone that has seen firsthand, right? I cannot be a witness in a murder trial if I heard from someone, from someone, from someone. But I haven't seen them. I haven't experienced them. I, that's a witness. You're called to be witnesses of Christ. So the word witnessing is sometimes used in a religious context of sharing the gospel. That's great. We need to share the gospel. But you need to witness what God is doing in your life. And in a way, this challenges us also because it says, how real is your relationship with Jesus? Can you witness? What are you going to witness? What are you seeing God do? But what would you have seen God do? Many of you, I'm not preaching to most of you now. But what would you have seen God do if you've been living your own life and the power of the Holy Spirit hasn't been there? You wouldn't have seen Him at work. But if you'd have been fully in on his thing, you'd have seen him, you'd have witnessed a few things, and you've got a lot to share. Right, Aubrey? Right, Larry? Right, India team? And then where do we go? What, where, where do we take this? Okay, cool. We know the manage. Yes to the manage. Holy Spirit help us. We can't do it on our own. And then we, we, we know what to do. We need to be witnesses. So we need to have a living relationship that we can share with others. Where should we go? Right here, Jerusalem. Your Jerusalem is right here. They were, it was the city they were in. Okay? It's, your, it's the place you are. Now, a lot of times people say, oh, you, why are you going to India? You should just stay at home and just do your thing at home. It's, you know, it's so much chaos here. Why do you even, you know? And that's, it's very true that for, uh, if you would stay here for about 300 days of the year, then I think there's enough, you, you could do enough. Okay? You are called to do it here, but, it's more, more than that. You are called to do it here, but you're also called to do it in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You are, and the church is. The book of Acts, by the way, is so beautiful after Jesus said this. Um, the ministry was in Jerusalem, Acts 1 to Acts, Acts 7. Acts 8 to Acts 12 was in Judea and Samaria. And Acts 13 to 28 was away. 
towards the end of the earth. That's the model we're given. That's where we go. We, are, we, we start in our hometown, but then also, it's an and, not an or. Judea are the ones that are not here with, it's not the ones in Cape Town, but it's the ones like us. It was the Jews living somewhere else. It was where Jesus' ministry was rejected by the Jews. Judea. So other South African towns with people like you. That's Judea. You're called to them. You're also called to Samaria, where the disciples was very uncomfortable when Jesus did ministry to the woman at the well. It was a mixed bag of people who claimed to be Jewish somehow, but wasn't really, and they were rejected by Jews and Gentiles. They were very hurt community, and very, and very, yeah, like a lot of stuff, but Jews didn't want to go there. We called to the places where we were uncomfortable to go. Samaria. And the ends of the earth. India, Pakistan, Burundi, it's all included. And, and, and. For you and for us. We start here, but we don't stop here. It's and, and, and. Are you with me? Will you, will you stand with me? We can have a ministry moment with the band. If you guys can quickly come on. Whoever needs to respond to this message today and just say, God, I, need to, I just want to align. <laughs> I just need to align. In my own mind, I just see how, how, how way I'm thinking about my life and so, so much about my life. <laughs> I'm thinking so much about my life. <laughs> and I've lost sight of this. God, would you just raise your hand as a sign of surrender to God? Oh, God, you see me. Oh, God, you see me. I'm thinking about our Jerusalem. I just imagine we would live for this. Just imagine we would live for this. Just imagine what can be. There are things I believe I see and hear in this in the spirit that can be, that will be, that I contend with and that I want you to contend with me for. Imagine the sound of worship rising from the streets of Cape Town. Imagine miracles witnessed by thousands on the streets of our city. Imagine the streets of our city safe for children to play in. Imagine homes and hope for the homeless and the hopeless in our city. God, may you break our hearts for this. Imagine the secular media unashamedly reporting on the glory of God and His wonders. Imagine the trance and the non-binary communities healed and filled with the love of God. Imagine Jewish communities meeting and bowing down to their Messiah. Imagine Muslim communities wholly transformed by the Lordship of Jesus. Imagine thousands weeping in 
repentance and dancing for the joy of their salvation. Imagine Cape Town Stadium filled with worshiping and praying believers. Imagine hundreds of Bible-believing, Spirit-led churches filled to the brim every weekend. Imagine Jesus' name, the famous name, loved and celebrated in all of Cape Town. What are we living for? What are you living for? How do you need to maybe just realign this morning? How about giving your all to the advance of this groundbreaking, hurt, healing, shame-despising, condemnation-destroying, demon-shaking, joy-filled, miracle-powered, freedom-giving, hope-inspiring, nation-changing, orphan-adopting, sinner-inviting, eternally existing, incredibly magnificent, unconquerable, indescribable, glorious kingdom of God. How about that? We're going to take a couple of minutes. Some of you really have to respond to this in your heart. Now, I want you to come to the front, actually, and just make a public declaration of this. Just come to the front and go on your knees. If this is burning in your heart this morning, come to the front and just go to your knees. We're going to pray together and worship together. You're an heir of this. You can come to the front as as I speak. You're an heir of this. You're not just a worker called. There's joyous reward in His presence. Eternal reward. And on this earth. He knows the green pastures. He knows the still waters. He knows how to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. He knows. He says, seek first the kingdom and all these things I'll add. And Oh God, we just want to say, God, when we think about our lives so much, God, when I think about my life so much, Lord, when I think about how important my life is, now I want my contribution to matter. Even this morning, Lord, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, the, the, a lot of people have got COVID and it's Mother's Day, there's only going to be 20 people in church I'm going to feel like a failure again because church is all about me Jesus oh God I just repent and I ask Father that you would also just allow each one of us Father just to turn our hearts again just to lay down the desires that so hold on to us the desires that we want you just need to say no to them say no to the desires so many of us have got these things that we want Word of God says that those who come to Christ have crucified the flesh with its with its passions and desires, and still we hold on to these things, and we expect the glory of God to come through our lives because we also do nice things on the side for Jesus. And He's saying, "Stop that! I've got so much more for you." Father, I pray through your Holy Spirit that you would heal our hearts. There where you know it's been difficult for us. I pray that you would forgive us. Let's say forgive us, God. 
forgive us, God, for living our own lives even though you have paid the price and bought it. Forgive us, God. Deliver us, God. Thank you for metanoia moments this morning, Father. And I pray that those chains that keep us bound to our own lives and our own desires be broken in Jesus' name. We break every demonic chain that keeps us bound to the things we want and the things we wouldn't do and the things we would do and the things we like. I break them in Jesus' name. They lead to death. There's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Stop it. Things that have been made acceptable within the church. Lifestyles that have been made acceptable. It's a slow fade to nothingness. And even to a point where the devil can so deceive you that you would give up your faith. Because if this life has been about you, what are you going to do when your house gets broken into and you get raped? What are you going to do when your wife gets murdered? What are you going to do when those things happen? What are you going to do when you have a miscarriage for the eighth time? What are you going to do? You're going to say, oh God, you didn't make my life work. Or you're going to say, God, can we see your glory through this? Because it's all I want. And then you'll see life. Then you'll see his glory. Then you'll see things that you never thought you could see. That you never thought you could feel. We need to let go of this. We need to let go of our lives. We need to let go of our lives. Mature Christian, I don't, I don't care how long you've been living. I know my own heart, and it's close to this place the whole time. This morning, Father, we declare, Father, all of us here, we declare you alone, Jesus. Your kingdom alone. Just worship God for the song.